you can absolutely be transparent on your pricing, but what you're doing is you're actually setting a false expectation for some customers if you don't have all of the details when you're putting your pricing out there. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike, this is the first podcast for us in 2019. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, it is. Man, I've been wanting to get on the podcast, but I heard you've been hung over this entire time. Oh, yeah. I mean, Since the New Year. I mean, what, what kind of celebration have you been having at the Donnelly household? <laughs> A little bit too much. Nah. Wow, I, I busy and crazy start to the new year. I hit, I hit you speechless. I hit yeah. you speechless. Well, I told you what my New Year's resolution is this year, didn't I? I don't know, maybe. For what the is Washington it? Nationals to win the World Series. Yeah, what do you think? Where do you think Harper's going? Wow. Um, you know, I think he's coming back. I'm you don't think it. anybody's going to offer his uh, offer what he's asking? Well, I I don't think anyone's going to offer what he's asking. Um, that's probably, but I I think that you know I mean you know where he ends up if he doesn't end up in Washington is Philly, Philly or the Cubs. No, he's not going to Chicago. He's not going to Chicago. So. No. Yeah, no. Madden said flat out. But uh, Philly, man, that would hurt. I'd rather they go to the Cubs than, than Philly, yeah. to, be, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I, I think the, the – my, my bet is is that Boros has a um, I'll give you a last look opportunity. Um, the, the danger is and, – and we won't get too detailed into it because uh, obviously that's probably not why most people are listening. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, the danger from what I've read is that the luxury tax is just going to be outrageous for him. So that, that's – Yeah. But I don't care. It's Ted Lerner's money. I think, I think Tyson's corner mall is overpriced, so he should pay a luxury tax. How about yeah. that? Yeah. I, I like that. Mike, you seem like – man, you got to get, get energized, man. We got a big topic know, to talk man. about today. You, like, you, look, you look and sound kind of like you're uh, – yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like it's the Black Line podcast with Doug Davidoff and Mr. Magoo. Yeah, I know. Where's Eeyore's got energy? A, li- a, li- a little, yeah, energy today is not on my strong suit. Do you, do you need to go get, you need to pour yourself another cup of coffee? Yeah, I just had one. So maybe right. halfway through, we'll see it, uh, we'll see it kick in. Well, if you start falling asleep during this podcast, I personally will be insulted. <laughs> So, Mike, you took pricing off of your website. I did. Why? Personally, or collectively as a team, we needed to restructure our pricing. Um, so it went through the pricing communication committee? Yes. We did it for, for, for numerous reasons. One, we wanted to uh, reevaluate kind of our strategy behind pricing. Um, and we felt that it wasn't a, a horrible decision because we're seeing more and more SaaS companies pull pricing from their website. And the third reason primarily comes down to while there's a cost to doing business, 
we're seeing more and more mid-sized to enterprise type organizations requiring special terms and conditions, master services agreements, et cetera, which just become, you know, one of the reasons we're able to offer a, a lower cost SaaS system is because we don't have to negotiate those contracts with every single customer. There are standard terms and conditions. But we were seeing more and more activity where you've got all of these regulations, whether GDPR, California's data protection. Uh, so a lot of corporations are, are now requiring this. And so we just requiring couldn't keep what? requiring custom services agreements or, or, or subscription agreements outside of standard terms and conditions. But, but how is that working? Because there's still lots of large SaaS companies that sell internationally. Well, you, right, but you, 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 you hit it. You hit the nail on the head with, with one word there, large company. Have you ever tried to negotiate anything with Google? You can't. You either use their service or you don't. Okay, so we'll, we'll, all right, because you said require, so I just, I thought like maybe, right. like maybe there was like a legitimately, so, so you, you mean they, they, they strongly, strongly, strongly request, and I'm not picking on that, I'm just yeah, saying it's, right, like, no, 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 but, but, but what they're trying to do is their compliance departments are trying to say, hey, we need 80% of our vendors to fall into this compliance component, so what they're doing is they're strongholding all the small to mid-sized SaaS companies and saying, you need to agree to these terms because we know we'll never get them with Google or, you know, Microsoft, et cetera. So uh, if we have time, we might circle back to terms and conditions. Cause I got, I got, I got a thought about that. Um, but, but let's go back to, let's go back to, to pricing, uh, to, to no pricing page. Cause I think it's part of the bigger issue. Um, and I promise we won't make it all about you, Mike. You, you look like, that's, you, that's know, cool. yeah. look like you don't have the, you look like you're not gonna be able to go past three rounds, man. We said we were yeah. gonna, we were gonna go at it today. I got ready. I got, I took a nap. I was ready to go. Well, see, there you go. You got a nap, I, and I did. I didn't really take a nap today. I yeah. didn't. That's not good. Um, I just thought it would sound good. So, so you said you're seeing a lot of other SaaS companies take pricing off. Yeah. I mean, candidly, I don't. I, I, I mean, we deal in SaaS. We've got clients that are SaaS. I don't. I don't watch this like super closely. So, I mean, most of the SaaS companies that I know still have pricing. So, what are you saying? Again, we just we, we we looked across similar type companies, and we saw that a lot of them were pulling pricing off. You know what uh, I mean, you've got outreach, you've got sales loft. Um, there's a number of them. Did sales loft ever have pricing on their site? Um, I don't know. We could use yeah, one of these. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Hey, Kyle Porter. I know you're listening. Let us know if uh, <laughs> if you ever had pricing on your website. So I'm not to say I'm not saying that we are not going to put it stop, back. Stop. It's all right. You don't don't be defensive yet. Yeah. You, remember, we finished with you coming into agreement with me. We don't start there. I mean, I know I know you're used to it, but let's. Uh, um. So what? So what? What was the problem? that was caught that, that, that you felt like pricing on the page was causing? The downstream effect of when somebody wants to change or have a, 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 a subscription agreement that is in more of their favor requires a lot of legal fees, delay sales cycles, et cetera. 
our pricing never took that into consideration. So, so this, and again, I, I said, so this is going to go to a big risk. There's obviously a cost of doing business. I don't disagree with you, but is it fair to say to an SMB that doesn't, doesn't require those things that, Hey, you have to pay a, you have to pay more because the bigger guy wants this. Well, why don't you just have a pricing page that says. Uh, that's where we're, that's where we're going to move to where there's, different levels and then it once you hit one level it's like request a demo like that's your only option we, we don't give any pricing on it I'm, I, hold on wait what what's your plan i lost you lost me i'm not, I'm not sure so you, you can have a basic plan a pro plan you agree to the terms and conditions that are on our website we can still offer that at low cost but if you right. want an enterprise plan and you want us to negotiate back and forth on right a customer agreement we're not all, we're, we're not publishing any pricing on that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're making this hard. We're trying to, we're trying to expand it to a bigger um, concept and you're like digging in trying to say, so play with me. Well, you, you asked we a question. Well, I'm just answering your, answering your we, question. We have an audience listening. Mike. remember we're, this is a yeah. show, right? Right. Right. Okay. Um, so this is what I'm seeing. And, and I don't want to say that what you're doing is this, but I'm going to say it because it's a show and we've got to take this to turn it into the larger issue. So I am seeing a lot of companies trying to fiddle and change a whole bunch of things. Sometimes it's a pricing page. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's a this or it's a that. Uh, when what's really the issue is that they got a bad sales process. They got a sales process issue. And I 100% and, agree with you. Absolutely. But well, then, then why not just fix that issue? Why, why play with something else and not, and again, I'm trying to make this well, broader. Why? To, well, you're absolutely right. So we pulled the pricing page so that we could fix the sales issue. You can't, they're not mutually exclusive. We had to pull the pricing page so that we could fix the sales issue and understand what is the sales process going to be for organizations of a certain size or that have certain requirements. Because what we were finding is we were digging ourselves a hole where literally four accounts over the period of three weeks came to us with this requirement. And we're like, well, they already have pricing in their hands. And now we got to backtrack all of that because they already have a perception that this subscription is going to cost X. And so you feel like having no idea whatsoever. So like right now your site has nothing about pricing. There's nothing, nothing. about request pricing, nothing. So you uh, feel there's like request demo we are going to we are going to the first thing we are going to do is put up put back up our faq because we think that's very important but and right then now after we fix the sales process we are going to put push pricing back up to the page so, so you made the decision to pull pricing off the off the site and, and again i promise everybody this is going to a larger larger point 
but you made the decision, you pulled pricing off, the next steps are gonna be, but, but correct me if I'm wrong, as of right now, there's nothing about pricing. There's the, the FAQ is not up. I don't, I'm, I re, kind of remember it, but, but I don't know. There's a, you know, there's your demo page that has been up there for a while. But so you've made the decision that, that having no pricing whatsoever on there for a day, for a week, for a month, however long it is, is better than having pricing. Correct. That is the, the, the decision that we made so that we can, again, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, fix the sales process or fix the, the sales issue. So what do you think is the sales issue? Identifying, ident I mean, for us personally, it's identifying the procurement process of an organization before we offer pricing. Okay. And I think, again, more and more SaaS companies are going to have these issues. Unless you're a bigger one where, it's, you know, yeah, I can't live without have what issue? The issue of customers requesting custom terms. Right. But see, see this is where the, I'm seeing this constantly, right? And, and, and I think where we are in, in this cycle is hiding a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so what you're describing to me are two totally different issues. You, you, you've got an issue about demands for, for custom stuff that, that, that takes it out of a, a, a standard pricing schema and, yep. and sharing a standard pricing schema. The, those to me are two distinctly different issues. I, I understand why they get conflated, but, but it doesn't strike me as they're the same issue. So, so the issue of custom demands and things like that, totally get. Because um, I'll talk about another thing that I think is going to totally rock the world of most SaaS companies, having just participated for a couple of clients of having to listen to the sales pitches and process of, of very well-known, very successful SaaS companies. M more on that later. But but you get what I'm saying? Like, to me, they're totally yeah. distinct, separate issues. Right. And, and I see on my Twitter stream and my LinkedIn stream conversations I have with people as I'm hearing sales people and executives, executives that I respect, by the way, and you know, those are hard to find. <laughs> you respect <laughs> anyone? I do. I respect a lot of people. Actually. No, I know, you know, it's I funny. I, I, I was saying to somebody, um, I was really ringing them. The, I, I mean, I was, I, I, I was being direct with them. And I said, man, imagine what I say to people that I don't like or don't respect. Yeah. And I said, you know, actually, you don't have to imagine that because I just don't talk to them. You know, so I, it's like, I don't even look at things that I don't respect. Right, just so anyway, ignore them. So I'm hearing so many people complain about how buyers don't know how to buy, how bad procurement processes is, how, how bad buying processes are. Uh, to, to the point where, and, and I won't name names, there are some people saying, companies need to invest in teaching their companies how to buy things better. I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Right. And, and so here's what I think. I think that we're, I think we're hitting the, the ending points of this absolutely insane throw money at every piece of technology um, 
and 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 see what what works and let's have complicated tech stacks i i just analyzed a company that had they have six different marketing automation um platform or or product codes on their on their web page still six they've used six different marketing automation platforms in the last three years yeah they keep switching platforms because they think it's going to make a big difference right but but it's also just throw money right hey uh, i think at one point they had three that were running simultaneously yeah like yeah that may so 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 we're seeing we, we are seeing finance beginning to tell marketing in other places, whoa, wait a second here. These tech spends are getting a little bit absurd. Um, we're seeing marketing and sales people going, well, wait a second. Is, is this actually making our, our, our world better? You've got the added component. My opinion is what GDPR and all that data shit has done. See, I dropped one F-bomb and I'm right back on the baseball field. Um, and all that data stuff has done is it's actually, it, it's given... You've been in sales for a long time. You remember the day when, when compliance, legal, procurement, finance, like they were always involved. Yep. Right. We used to call them the sales prevention department. Yep. You know, and, and it, I, I mean, I know, I know somebody who's doing really well in sales. He's been a sales guy for about six years now, six, seven years. Um, and I was talking about this. I'm like, dude, you don't, he was complaining about procurement. He's like, it's so rare that this happens, but there's such a pain. Like, dude, you don't know what difficult procurement is. Like somehow, some way, you know, as that transition moved to to lines, beginning to spend more of the money, et cetera, you know, the business line spending money. I had, I think for the last six or seven years, probably the lowest um, impact I've seen legal financial procurement, it, you know, exert their influence. Would you, would you agree on that? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, for all practical purposes, they disappeared. And I think what GDPR and and California and the regulations have done is that they've they've given those areas their reasons to say no. We must be involved. This is a compliance issue. We will be violating regs. So it's not. It's really kind of reversion back to them pulling. It's, the it's a very interesting observation. Had not thought about it that way. But you're right. I mean, you know, with with a lot of SaaS like sign up. Wipe your credit card. Nobody's in. You know, there is no procurement process, etc. You know, so so like the, the human mind gets an impulse and then seeks a rationalization. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't get a reason and then and then installs the impulse, right? So so I'm hearing all these people complain about bad buying processes, right? And and I go, well, well, a isn't that why you're here? You know who has a really good procurement process? Walmart. Walmart has a really good procurement process on their buy side for how they stock stores. Walmart doesn't actually procure everything the way most people think they do, but, but in their core procurement process, they are extraordinarily good. They are probably as good as, and this might not be true anymore. What I know is about two years old, two, three years old, but Walmart is extraordinarily good at buy process. You know what Walmart does not allow? Hmm. Salespeople are not allowed to communicate live with procurement or buyers. Yeah, that, uh, a lot of Fortune 500 companies operate that way. Yeah. Only by email. You know why? I talked to one of the VPs who, who actually influenced it. They said, first, they stopped allowing sales calls because of the productivity impact. They're like, they, they're not adding any value and they're sucking productivity. 
then they stopped allowing phone calls because they said the problem was is that we were having our buyers being influenced by a salesperson that they really liked rather than buying along the process that we have. So if you really want a really good buying process, then, then, then you ain't making margin, my friend. Yeah. Cause the only thing you're going to sell is the stuff that's already understood. It's already, um, you know, we, if you look at the market in 2005, 2006, 2007, that was the last time it was this hot. Now, in some cases it was hotter because there's an aspect of the great recession. that's still like the consensus nature of purchasing. And, and by the way, that's the place where I think you and others are getting hurt is there are now more people that are exerting the need to say yes. You remember the old days of the very important top officer. And I was actually just having this, actually I was talking with the team about this today at our Imagine University. Um, and, and I was talking about how, you know, we used to be, how can we communicate with the decision maker? And I said, the problem is you're not going to be able to sell to the decision maker anymore. Not just because you can't get access to the decision maker, because increasingly there is no the decision maker. The, 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 the decision maker, exactly. Right. You, you've, got, right. you've got to get on average five and a half groups of people to agree to do something in most businesses today or, or nothing happens. And, and, and partially because nothing has to happen. Right. It's good enough. The status quo is good enough. We're okay. Right. And so no decision is, is less threatening than decision without consensus. Right. And so you've got screwed up buying processes and you have sales organizations bitching about it instead of sales organizations saying that's our advantage. Let, let's teach people how, to buy. Right. Let's teach people how to buy. Right. And, and man, it's funny because I, I, I think the last time I talked about this was like 12 years ago in a sales training. And I was talking about the complex, complex sale. Right. And the complex, I used to say the, the reason the complex sale was the complex sale was because you had multiple um, decision makers. Right. You had multiple people directly influencing the decision. And I would say, that, you know, the problem was that historically we would treat a complex sale as a single sale. Um, and so we would take, we would make this lowest common denominator sale. But in reality, and I used to say, you know, if you have six people involved in a decision, I used to say, how many people are involved in a decision? And of course they would all say six. And I would say, no, there's one person involved in a decision, but there's six decisions, right? There's, there's six inherent sales processes, right? <laughs> And, and that's, why we called it, that's why we called it a complex sale because it wasn't one sales process, it was six, right? That's still the dominant way, chase them all down. That's still the dominant way that sales organizations are selling to, to enterprise and to complex sale, right? Um, I, was on, I was on a call with a client with a major SaaS company and, they, and, and I was on um, representing the, um, the key executive for lack of a better term and he was not on the call. Um, and I happen to have a relationship with this company, so it all worked out okay. But because the key executive wasn't on the call, the rep was going to say, well, you know what? I really think we should probably reschedule this call because if he's not going to be here, then, you know, and really, I, and really, I just want to make sure this is my favorite. And really, I just want to make sure that we don't waste your time. I want to make sure we use your time well. 
but what he was really saying is I want to use my time. My time. Now, yeah. now here's my first question. Does anybody believe him when he says that? Right. Right. So I said, Hey, Fred, his name wasn't Fred protecting the name to change the guilty. I said, Hey, Fred, don't worry about it. key executive. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't need to be here. He's not going to be here. These guys need to hear about the product. They need to understand it. They need to be com- com- become comfortable with it. Key executives asked me to be here. I'm representing his interests. You don't have to worry about him. Now, I'm sure if I didn't have a relationship with that company, that that would have gone nowhere. Yeah, it it, right. It would have it, it just, everybody would have gotten off the phone. And, and the the thing that blew me away, and this is a company that's selling more and more to enterprise, is even when there is a key executive, a decision maker, and especially for this type of sale, it's become normal. You don't get access to them. They, they've got their team to make that decision. Right. If their you team, can't sell through them. Yeah, their team makes the recommendation and then, yep. So... Now, of course, why did, why, why, did he want, why did he want the executive to be there? Because I want to make a sale now. Yep. And so this is the thing that, that, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing two things happen. I'm seeing a whole lot of solve for me. So yeah. And, and by the way, solve for me is solve for the seller. Just in case anybody's, right. Uh, solve for the seller. I don't see how that works. I don't see how that helps. Well, in certain instances, you do have to solve for, for me. Otherwise, you'll be out of business. I'm, well, not, saying to, I'm not saying you need to, to run your entire business on solve for me. I don't agree with that. Okay. Why would I, where would I be out of business if I, if I always solve for the customer and didn't solve for me, I'm sorry, if I always solve for the customer, where would that put me out of business? Well, if you always solve for the customer, you would just build a great product and give it away for free. No, see, see now, this is where we get into profit is a virtue, right? The reason that companies need to make money, the reason that profit is virtuous is because of the risk that you're taking and you're going to have years that are bad. And so if you don't have profit, then you can't, sustained through the years that are bad you can't, right. you can't continue to innovate on a product you can't continue so, to innovate on so, in, if, in so so me me getting a profit is solving for the customer because it ensures that i'm going to be sustainable and they're going to be able to count on me and i'm going to be around and by the way i'm going to be around when everybody else isn't going to be around so they're going to be able to count on me when they can't count on everybody else so me like all this discounting to 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 get the sale today, that's all for me. That's not solve for the customer. I, I don't. I, I don't disagree at all. I don't and, disagree at all with that. And, and and by the way, you're actually in some ways putting customers at risk because now it's like, well, how do how do I know if I got a good price? Like like I'm like honest to God, do I really want to spend time negotiating on this two thousand dollar a month MRR thing? But I kind of have to because if my boss finds out I paid two thousand dollars and his buddy's company paid twelve hundred dollars, then I'm going to look like shit. So I got to yep. go ahead and, and spend. And right. well, what the sellers have done that forever. I mean, we've trained buyers okay. on how to, we've trained buyers on how to, how to buy. And, 
and 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 so my and so my point is I'm not solving for the customer when I do that. So that whole pricing thing of of profit and free or whatnot, that's that's not solved for the customer. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's not solved for me. That is that that's win-win solved for the customer. Now, now I, I will say win-win solved for the customer, not win-lose. But but the problem is when it's solved for me, it's win-lose. Correct. Yeah. And so I don't see how that helps anything. So where are you going with this? <laughs> I've been making this statement. Well, so let's not talk about you. Making, making my pricing opaque is solving for me. It's not solving for the customer. But if you are, see that, that, that I disagree with. Um, well, we said we were going to disagree. That was the point. You can absolutely be transparent on your pricing, but what you're doing is you're actually setting a false expectation for some customers. If you don't have all of the details when you're putting your pricing out there. So from a strategy perspective, and I'll tell again, it's not that we're not going to put pricing back on our website. It's that we need to figure out what, how are we going to solve this problem? Well, let's not talk about you. Both us and the customer. Let's not talk about you. Okay. So let's say a customer goes to a, a let's website. Let's not talk about you. I, I'm not. Let's say a customer okay. goes to a SaaS website. They have pricing on the page, $500 a month. They go to their manager and they say, hey, can we spend $500 a month? I think this will really solve a problem. I just got a demo. It looks great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah, go, go right ahead. But you know what? Run it by purchasing. Then it goes into purchasing. What? So, so first off, I'm going to say that it's a little bit incredulous that, on, that I have not talked to the vendor. I have not done anything. And I'm no, I'm saying go- you've gone and done a demo. You've, no, you've, you've, already, you've already gone through a demo with the vendor. You go to somebody's website, you see $500, you request a demo. Before you even requested a demo, you said, hey, I don't want to waste my time. Mr. Manager, my manager, can I spend, if this looks good, do I have $500 to spend on it? Yeah, but that you're not going to go. If this looks good, you're not going to procurement. You might go, "Hey, Mr. Manager, do I have five hundred dollars to spend?" And they might go, "Well, yeah. I mean, if it looks good, obviously we have to go through procurement." But they're not going through and going to procurement and saying, "No, sh- no shit." That's what well, I'm saying. How they go to I'm, procurement? No, after they have committed that I am ready to buy this, I have seen a demo. I like the product. I have the budget. I am now going to go to procurement. So if, if there's a $500 price on the site. Yes. And you've done a demo with the company and you like it and you've done this and you've done that. And now you're going to procurement to get the final approval to then find out, Oh wait, this isn't $500. Then that is a shitty, then that is an absolute 100% shitty sales process that I could fix in five minutes or less. 
And But here's the problem. A lot of buyers of SaaS products don't understand their procurement process. They don't have to. If they don't, but how is, okay, so how is that a shitty sales process then? The seller how, needs to understand it. How the hell does the seller know if he's not allowed to talk to the procurement officer? All he's talking to is the buyer. And the buyer goes, oh, well, I'll just put it to procurement and they cut you a PO and we're off to the races and everybody's happy. And then procurement goes, no, 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 that's not the way it works. We need to get a contract in place. And then the seller is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, you I, want to I know I'm hitting the soft spot, so I don't want to dig too deep into the hypothesis. I got a bunch of lawyers. I got to get a bunch of lawyers involved. We, we can't sell this to you for $500 a month. It just doesn't support that. And you got to get lawyers involved so, on your side. And so, so, so then, then, then now it's going to cost you $1,500. Now I got to go back to management. I got to go, well, that product I wanted to buy for $500 is now going to cost me $1,500. And everybody looks stupid in that, in, in, in that position. So if, if you're talking about that a company goes through a learning, so, so let's just say that I, um, a company with an NSA contract reaches out to me and I'm just a SaaS company that started up 18 months ago and I'm doing my thing and all of a sudden this company comes up and they talk to me and we go, oh yeah, no, this is great. Um, and then it goes and they go, whoa, 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 wait a second. This doesn't mean NSA, um, whatever, right? And now there's this thing and it's like, oh shit, right? Um, and, and so I'm the seller and I've never had this happen to me before and I'm young, then, then that's called learning. Right. And, and yeah, there's egg on our face and it's like, oh yeah. Hey, wow. No, it's well. Um, now that's also why first off and foremost, number one thing to do, put an asterisk on every price and say, you know, yeah, but that doesn't, that, that only well, hold goes. On. Hold on, Mike. If, if so, so using my analogy where I go, oh, well, wait, a, oh, you want a different price? I'm sorry, you want different terms and conditions? I'm sorry, you didn't make that clear, right? I, we didn't know that. And, and yeah, the $500 that you saw on the site and the $500 I quoted you was based on I, terms and conditions. I, There's I, nobody totally. on the buy side that's worth anything that doesn't go, oh, okay, yeah, we understand that. And yeah, now it's a much more complex process and you got to look at it. Um, and, and the first time that happens, it, it, it's shame on me. Now I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, well, so we got NSA. So I'm now looking at the buyer type and I know that, oh, wow. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. And now, so what I would say is anybody that's not a small mid market or on that first call, if I ask the question, they go, oh, no, 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 I don't. Yeah, no, we're just, you know, we're just normal. Um, now with this level of requirement, I wonder if it got brought up earlier. Would they, would that person have no idea? But then I might say, okay, that's great. Then, then, you know, so long, I would call out so long as our, you know, the, you know, so long as these conditions are there, it's that if there's a custom need, which, you know, looking at your company, there's a possibility that, it, that, that that's true. Right? Absolutely. There, 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 is some, there is some learning behind it. Correct. Right. But, but, but so that, so that's the one off. So it's so like, I can tell you for me, the number, the number, and again, I don't want to make this about price. But I think, but I think this is why there have been numerous SaaS companies that sell both to SMB as well as enterprise have pulled 
pricing from their websites because some of their salespeople are, are either one, ill-equipped to have those conversations or ask those questions. And, and two, it, it, it can create egg on a company's face when those situations occur. I, I don't want to make this about, I don't want to make this about um, a pricing page. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause here's the other thing, right? If I want to know the price, you know what I can do? I can type in ABC price. And, and I can tell you the number of times that I don't talk to a company because I don't know the price. I, I'm, I'm now, and I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with that. That I don't disagree with that either. So, it, so it, let hey, me, this, is this thing a million dollars? Is it five dollars? Is it fifty thousand? So let, let me ask you a question. So you're on the phone with somebody, and they say to you, "Have so you what's, ever been an enterprise technologies website where they actually advertise pricing? No, they just they, they don't do it." Tell me one. Marketo. They don't, Marketo does not. Go to Marketo.com right now. They absolutely 100% do not have pricing on their website. They used to. They, do it. Do it live. Salesforce. Salesforce, good. try to go find pricing for Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And it is the most complex thing in the world. I don't even know if Salesforce Marketing Cloud has pricing. They have pricing for their so, CRM. So, Mike? But, yeah. What would the URL HTTPS slash www.marketer.com slash solutions slash pricing Hold on, I'm going to it right now. Now they're doing a shittier thing actually because they're giving you different bundles and they're saying ready to get started talk to sales. See, I thought you were going to hit me on a harder thing than about giving me an enterprise company. Because you know what I thought you were going to ask? Well, see this this bundle. Uh, yeah, they're okay. So no, I agree. Bundle. I agree with they're doing is shitty. I agree with they're doing is shitty. And by the but way, I'm I know. Talking, I know. Do they, do they actually give you pricing under these bundles? They don't. Not wait. Actually, what was? No, they don't. No. See, they don't give you pricing. They they say here's what the bundle includes. Contact sales. No, and I and I would tell you that I think that's bullshit. See, I thought you were going to hit me on a harder thing. I thought you were going to say, well, why don't you have pricing on your side, Doug? Yeah, why don't you? I really want to. Um, we don't have standard. So well, I can't. That company doesn't have standard either if they're dealing with multiple. But you do have standard. You have standard and you have exception. Well, okay. 
So you, you, there's got to be something that you offer that is standard. I saw Marcus Sheridan, and, and I love the guy. He went and created this whole video about why you need pricing on your website. And if you go to Impact's website, they don't have pricing either. So everybody's playing Monday morning quarterback in this situation, telling all the SaaS companies that you absolutely have to have pricing on your website, and then they're not living up to the, to the same thing. So in, in, in fairness, market doesn't control that, control that, that decision. Well, um, he can obviously potentially influence it. But so, so let me ask you this. I get on a call with you and I go, so what's the pricing? Before we get started, can you tell me what the pricing is? Mm-hmm. What do you say? Well, let me, ask you, let me ask you a few questions. Blah, 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 blah. You answer them. Boom. Here's your pricing. So why not, why not do that on the website? Well, uh, I did not say we were not going to put pricing back on the website. There has got to be exceptions, and we are okay. – we're building that – I know. I'm but, not okay. talking. So you're talking about in general SaaS companies because I think there needs to be in in some instances companies think well there has to be selling done because if Marketo puts pricing on their website, HubSpot's going to be far less than them in in most instances, and then there's all these different add-ons that you can add with with Marketo, etc. And so the customer already comes in with with an expectation. Actually, you know, it's funny is why don't HubSpot's you, why, expensive. why don't you, why don't, uh, again, I'll ask you, why, why do you not have pricing on your website? There have got to be some standard services that there's you not. deliver. There's not. Okay. Um, would you, will you help me and I'll put pricing on? I really, I, I really want to. Um, we are, we are moving there. And, and, and I can tell you that, that if I get asked the question early, I give an answer in a, in a, in a fair range. Um, you know, when, when you tell me that lots of SaaS companies are doing something, I can't, and, I, and I'm not picking on SaaS here, I can't help but, but say that feels like a lot like when I walk into a casino and I see that they're introducing a new game. And you know what I know about casinos introducing new games you know what i know about that game an area that they're that they're looking to make money don't play it yeah right because it's got okay, better so options than everything let's go through some of the websites the, 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 the hubspot uh, partners bigster doesn't have any pricing on their website ramble doesn't have any web pricing on their website databox does um, so so I, I, we're making it about pricing. I don't want to make it about pricing. Right, right, right. I mean, if you want to make I, it about I, a price, you, 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 you hit a hot button there. So anyway. Hey, I cleared the topic with you before we started. Keep, I know. Keep going. Keep going. No. So I, I, I can tell you why I think most SaaS companies are taking pricing off their website. Go ahead. Because they suck at selling. Because they're trying, because they're 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 right now trying to find every cheat they possibly can to force you to talk to a salesperson. By the way, I know three different people, and I cannot tell you who they are because I'm actually bound to secrecy. I know three people that are starting a site to do one thing. Do you know what that is? 
mm -hmm. round up all the pricing for every SaaS company and put it on the site. It's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, 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 and now a lot of it is like, it's driven. It was driven more because of the discounting factor of being able to see what are people really paying. What are people really paying for it? I mean, it's like cars.com or it's like true.com. Right. It's like truecar.com. Right. And, yeah. Right. And, and, and so, and so the, 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 so, so again, I, I again, I'm not, I, I'm not making a tactical judgment about what you're doing. But, but I, here, here's what I'm seeing. So I, so I started saying 2005, 2006, 2007, we had a really hot economy. Yep. Fish were jumping out of the water and we were paddling our boats around catching fish and everyone was running around saying I'm an angler. And I like to say, just because the fish are jumping in your boat doesn't mean you're an angler. By the way, for those of you that don't know what an angler is, that's fisher. That's someone who fishes, an expert fisherman, a master fisherman, if you will. The last three years, fish have been jumping out of the water, right? And, and now we're beginning to see, and it's interesting. It's really interesting to me because we're, be, we're just beginning to see the first pieces and scintilla of headwind. We've, we've had a tailwind that has been so strong, especially in the tech space, especially in the sales and MarTech selling to sales and MarTech space. We've had a headwind that is so strong. I sent you that article last night. Did you see that, Jason Fried? Uh, talking I, didn't, about, no, I didn't read it. But. Oh, you'd, you'd love basically he's he, Basically, he has said that, pri that venture capital and private equity has destroyed far more businesses than it's, than it, than it's made. I did it with that. Because, because, you know, and as he says, because it takes a great 10 to $20 million business and it tells them they have to be a 100 to $200 million business. Right. Or a billion dollars. So they got no business thinking that. Right. And, and so we've had such a, a, t a tailwind that we still have a tailwind at our back and we think it's a headwind. Like, wow, the market's gotten harder. No, it, I mean, yeah, relatively it's harder, but we still have this tailwind. And we're beginning to see the first scintillas of headwind. And I'm seeing companies jump around in so many ways that it's, it's, it's borderline funny if it wasn't creating massive confusion and complexity in the market. Um, and, and so like one problem that SaaS companies have, they try to be everything to everybody. 100%. Right. Well, well why? Right. H how about this? How about have an SMB site? and have an enterprise site, if you're truly both. Here, here's what I know. I know the people that are trying to sell to SMB. By the way, you know what Jason Fried called private equity, called venture, series A, series B? Hmm. He called it drugs. He didn't, I don't think he used the term, but he called it cocaine. It's cocaine. Yeah. Right? We're going to get you addicted on the money. And, and so, what, so I... I remember, and I'm, I'm probably going to pull it out of the cobwebs of, of how to make it rain in an economic drought because we're going to see it. Unfortunately, we might see it even sooner than, than I thought with, with the craziness that's going on. But I, I, I talk often about your core business. Um, and, and so I worked with a company. Actually, it's, it's kind of funny. It's the, the number one success story of, in my entire history of working with businesses. 
It was a hundred million dollar company when I started working with them. Guess how big they were a year after I started working with them. My number one success story. 250. 52. Gosh, you did a good job there. <laughs> I did a fucking good job. They were down 48%. Yeah. Guess what their average industry was down? This is what the industry average was. 65. 80%. They sold to road construction in 2000 and home builders. Actually, home builders was a big market in 2008. Yep. Okay. The, the president and CEO of the company said to me, Doug, we would be out of business if we hadn't worked with you. Two years later, you know what he did? He bought his two biggest competitors, the, the two competitors that were his biggest competitors when I started working with them. Right. And the reason was, is we did, we, we started talking about what, what his core business was. Now in the hundred million dollars that he did, guess how much of that revenue would have fallen into the core business? 32 million. So he, took, he just refocused. Right. No, 32 of the 100 was core. Right, 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 right. Yep. So he went, so he went from 100 to 52. Guess what the 32 went to? And remember, 52. industry average was 80% down. 52. No. No, he didn't grow his core business. The core business was down. Oh, so his core business was, I thought maybe you were saying, I thought what you were trying to go after here is he refocused yeah. his efforts and no, energy no, no. He was, and it was 20, core business. It was 28 million. It was 28 yeah. million. So it went from 32 to 28, whereas the company went from 100 to 52. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and he reestablished that and he grew from his core, et cetera. Now it meant, it meant changing who he focused on and how he focused on. Now, here's the thing that happened. Here's the thing that's interesting. You know how his core business because like five or six years earlier, he was like a $20 million business, right? You know how his non-core business became non-core, how he became a $100 million business? Fish were jumping out of the water. And he was opportunistic as hell. Hey, yeah, feel, look, this is great. Feels good, right? Yep. The, the bad thing is, if we could have rewound the clock six years ago, and if he had stayed focused on his core business, his core business that got to $32 million and fell to twenty eight, while his business was $100 million, what do you think the $32 million would have been? probably would have been close to about 60, 65 million. And it would have fallen to about 50 to 55 million. Yeah. Right. And, and so some of what I'm seeing is we we're we're playing the game of loose money and Hey, look at that. That's there. And, and we see it and we're like, okay, well, that's not where my long-term business is. So I got it, but Hey, that's, that's the easy money. That's the easy money. And, and we never step in. And, and I used to talk about this. I saw this problem all the time in 2008 into 2009, and I'm seeing it again. Everybody loves to talk about where they want to be, and they're really awesome at putting one foot in where they want to be. You know what they suck at? Putting both feet in. Taking the one, taking the other foot out. Yeah. Which is kind of the same thing, but if you get what I'm saying, it's a little bit different. No, 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 I do, right, yeah. Right, we never take it out. And then we look at it and we look at every single problem and we run around and we play whack-a-mole, right? I, 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 there's a company that I work with that, that has great capability. And I'm, I'm trying to work with them on message consistency and message discipline and driving the message and driving the message because they really have to teach. They're, they're trying to deliver an insight to the market. And, and he's like, He's reinforcing the, 
you know, how's, how great his stuff is, the capabilities, the, the technology he has behind what he does. And I said to him, I'm like, Bill, his name's not Bill. I said, Bill, first off, this market's not smart enough to know that, that your widget 17,000 is 100 times better than the competitor's widget 300, right? Um, but I don't think anybody out there that is familiar with you would say that you're not extraordinarily good at what you do, that you don't have tremendous capabilities. Here's the thing. That's not what drives their purchase decision. If that's yeah. what drove the purchase decision, they would have already bought from you, right? And so we're jumping around and this is not about pricing on page. This is about if we understand who our customer is and we understand what the drivers are and we understand the problems that we solve for them and we don't try to shortcut our way to the sale, which is what every SaaS company on the planet has done, which is why we come into a demo and we let you think whatever we want to think. And every salesperson in SaaS right now is letting every bit of ambiguity let you think whatever it is you want to think to get you to the point where I can try to put the high pressure clothes on you and give you a 42% discount to try to drive this baby home. Right. And and the reality is if we, you know, maybe we wouldn't be a billion dollars, but, but the company that's a billion dollars doing that right now, the moment this market turns is going to be 200 million. Oh, and, not, and then, well, not only that, but their, their margins, their cash flow, it's, it's, for the most part, most of them are incredibly negative. And, and, and so it's like, holy cow, if buyers knew how to buy, they'd either already be buying from you or you'd be out of business and you'd be in trouble. Cause if they knew how to buy and they're not buying from you, then that means there's a reason, right? Fair, fair, fair point there. You ever been to Morton's? Yeah. You know what Morton's does every time when you sit down? What's the first bring, thing the way? I, I, I don't even know. Like, it's been a long time since I've been to Morton's. Remember you, I'm running, I can't afford Morton's like you can dog. It's been a while since I had a really, really, really good no, I steak. Just, Again, Morton's doesn't have a great steak, but that's my own opinion. Uh, no, that, I just have SaaS salespeople take me out there. Right. Oh. <laughs> so they're trying to sell you $49.99. Um, have you been to Morton's before? Oh, then you know. I have been to Morton's before. Oh, well, let me tell you about. And they go through and they tell you about their steaks and how they prepare their steaks and how they make their steaks and how they do this and how they do that. No, you don't like a Morton steak, so you disagree with it. Most people have no idea. But when they're done telling you what makes a good steak a good no, steak. It's a good presentation, 100%. Right? You know what they're doing? They're teaching you how to buy. Yeah. They're giving you insight. They're teaching you how to buy. And if you listen to them, you can't go anyplace other than Morton's. That's our job. Right? If... If you're, A, if you're relying on the buyer to fix their buying processes, to, to fix what is inherent. But, but are you saying that I said that buyer needs to learn how to buy? I, no, I, what I'm trying to do is make it, 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 it. Well, anyways, again, keep going. I said this wasn't about you, Mike. I know, um, right. I won't go there. Um, go there. <laughs> I think you're treating a symptom. I think, I think, you know, I think, you know, when a lead comes in, whether it's 
a basic SMD lead or not. And the moment a lead comes in and it's not a basic SMB lead, I think you would be better off. Well, well, A, I think that your site and your business and your growth efforts would be better off and you'd get more traction that's sustained if you decided, are you an SMB business or are you better an enterprise? Better an enterprise. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't disagree with that at all. It, it, then, it's a, it, then you can focus. I, I, okay, I don't but disagree. Now, but hold on. Then, then the pricing page is the least, then your site and everything needs to be enterprise message. Yep. And your site is still, right? But, but the moment that non-SMB lead comes in, and so where you are right now, the moment that non-SMB lead comes in, I'm going to say that you would be better off rather than pulling the pricing down from your page. And there might be other reasons you did it. We're going to talk about just the thing that you talked about rather than pulling the pricing down from your page, having the conversation about pricing theory and this and that, and, and how do we want to handle this? And how do we want to do that to get that up when we still haven't had enough at bats with the larger enterprise to see what's happening and what's shaking out here. So for, so it's going to go through three or four minutes more iterations. If you're so, yeah, that's right. Okay. It, it is going through multiple iterations and it was the, okay. Keep going. This thing test everything is it's going to kill companies and I'm a tester. Test a lot, but anyways, that's a, that'll be a subject for another podcast. So, so if you did, if if you, if instead of, instead of taking the time to talk about the pricing page, you said already, we need to create a non-SMB, an enterprise lead, immediate response system, to get in front of this issue, so that the pricing page becomes irrelevant. You would make more traction. You'd align yourself that better to the. But those are not overnight things. That is what we are doing. That is what no. we are working on. Mike, Mike, if you, for every second you spend talk, so I would not take the pricing down. I would not have taken it down. Every second you spend talking about that pricing page is a second. And, and by the way, I don't think it's that complicated. It's every second that you spend on that, that's a second that should be spent on the immediate enterprise response. Like, like the second that you spend thinking about taking down the pricing page because of this problem, you shouldn't have spent a second on that. You should have put it into what's the proactive. And I get they're not mutually exclusive, right? And I agree. Like if we wanted to work on our pricing page while we're working on this, you could do both at the same time, except that is only true if you have the time and resource capacity to do both. But you don't have the time and resource to do both. You are at a time, like me. Like we else. ripped down the pricing page five days ago. Okay. So it's been down for five days so that we can reevaluate the strategy, et cetera. Right. And, and what I'm suggesting is every second, and, and again, don't, I'm, this is a show, right? Mike? But every, but right, right, no, no, absolutely. So, but for every second that I spend dealing with an enterprise lead that comes in, having to backtrack their, perception of pricing which is what the what the initial problem was to begin with I, i'm gonna put i'm gonna give you uh, i'm 98 percent confident you misdiagnosed the problem i don't think so because because i don't believe for a second that a true legitimate enterprise prospect thinks for a second that the pricing on the page is written in stone pricing there were multiple opportunities to fix that. I, I, I will happily 
we'll do that offline. Forward you some fucking emails that are absolutely ridiculous. No, no I agree. Customers. But, but that's because and it I happened. Said, to- I am all about customer success. So what I'm trying to solve is a upfront customer perception issue, which we know we can do by updating our pricing page. I don't, I don't but think it does happen overnight. Mike, you need to figure Mike, these things out. So Mike, did that email yeah. did that email come at the beginning or end of the multiple month? emails? We'll, we'll 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 talk about it offline. I don't want to get you. Get yeah. angry. I'm not getting angry. I'm, this is a show. You know, I'm trying to be a showman. There you go. All right. But um, I'll fix it for you when I'll fix it for you in a minute. Um, and, and again, I don't, it's, this is not about should pricing be on your page or not. We'll do a podcast on that. Be, right, right. Yeah, I did. Right. I, I, I agreed. Um, I think we spend far too much time thinking about how we think things should be done. And we would be much better off spending less time on that. Well, actually, before we even do that, but before we make any of those decisions, I, I think that there's a that that is a that is a symptom of message um, static, of message confusion, of message and positioning confusion. And so, if you're not if you're not addressing that from its core, if you're not defining it from its core, if you're not looking at all those pieces from its core, one hundred percent, I totally agree with you. That's why we're doing what we're doing because we screwed up the messaging. And it's very clear to us based on some of the conversations that we've had that we screwed up the message. I don't want to make it about you again, because we'll get back to um, it. Anyway, and we've got we've got our we've got our producer telling us that 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 time is running up. So uh, I guess we're going to have to continue this conversation. Yes. See, this is this is man. This was this was what the black line's about, right? Um, and I'll solve the problem for you five minutes within five minutes after we're done with the podcast. I'd like to see it. Don't worry. I'm going to put pricing on your website too. I want to put pricing on my website. <laughs> Have I mentioned that to you? I used to be anti-pricing. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know what? You know what I've learned? This is, going to be, this, this is going to be a controversial statement to end on. This is where my head is. You know what I think about what's on your website? I think what's on your website for the most part doesn't matter, except for one thing. Is it consistent? Yep. Is it disciplined and consistent? And, and, and after that, everything else is just, is just tweaking. And I'm seeing people spend all kinds of time jumping through all kinds of hoop, doing all kinds of things. Um, and, and, and I guess what I'm saying is I'm seeing people treating a lot of symptoms and, and they're not addressing the underlying cause because addressing the underlying cause is hard. And there's the feeling that I have to do something. And, and, and I think that what we do, and this is where I was saying that I think the test everything all the time mentality that's, that's predominantly in startup SaaS um, 
you know, it's taken a, like agile, it's taken a good thing and, and, um, and brought it to its illogical extreme. Um, is that nine times out of 10, while we're figuring something out, we'd be better off doing nothing than doing something. I don't think I disagree. I, I, well, no, I think I disagree with you to a certain extent, but I think that's probably a podcast for another day. And so on that note. We're going to agree to disagree. Mike, Mike, are we still friends? Of course we're still friends. Will you come back on another podcast with me? <laughs> I mean, you know, I only got, a, I got a, only a few of those left, man. Yeah. Be careful. I know. All righty, everybody. Until next time, thanks for joining us on the Black Line Podcast. Till next time.